0: Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. Our mission is simple find God, find others, find yourself. That's it. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information on Reveal, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. I go through life with a backpack on. It's nothing that you've ever seen, but I feel it. I wear it. It weighs me down. It causes me to be exhausted at certain points of life. Its contents change depending on what season of life I'm in, and its weight fluctuates depending what is taking place. It can be light on Saturday, and it can be overwhelming on Sunday. And inside of this pack are all of the questions, all of the things that I'm unsure about. The forks in the road on do I go left or do I go right? How do I respond in this situation? How do I respond in that situation? All of the things. Let, let me show you what that looks like. Inside this backpack are things like, there's, well, stuffed animals that represent each of my children. I'll let you guess which one this is. Stuffed animals represent my children. Uh, By far the most rewarding and most difficult thing I've ever done. Nothing can swallow you in guilt like being a parent. And I don't mean that in, in a negative way, but if you're a parent, you understand what it's like and, and, and you, you go to bed at night and, and you, am, am I spending enough time with them and am I leaving a legacy behind and, and, and what kind of example am I being towards them and how did I respond to them when I was in a bad mood or when I was emotionally short and have, have I done anything that have, has wounded them and, 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 and did, did we throw around the ball enough or did we kick the soccer ball enough and what is their thoughts going to be when they're older and all of these things... How, how do I parent, in our case, in the second chapter of life, when my children are now leaving the home to establish a life on their own? What does parenting look like at that level? All of these questions that I have that can easily overwhelm me. Here, and, and another one is... This represents my finances. Two children in college... And another one on the way. On the way into college, not on the way to birth, because if that happened, this backpack would put me in the grave, right? <laughs> you talk about the stress of finances now of, of, of two in college. And well, how how does that happen? And and how how do we make that work? And, and 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 what what about retirement? Because my money's going to college. And what about retirement? And and, and you know, we've had times in our marriage where this backpack was overwhelmingly heavy, not because there was so much money in here, but because of the stress of not having enough money in here. And we've had times when we've gone to bed knowing there was more month than money. And we've had times when we went to bed needing to make a decision the next day, was it, was it new shoes or medication? And, and, and what does that look like? And, and how, do I, how do I not allow fear of not having enough to consume me? And cause me to hoard my resources and no longer be generous. generous. What, what does that look like? How, how, how is it that when, when I become fearful and I just want to hoard it, what should my response be? Here's another one. This is uh, an early photo of uh, Sheila and I. Uh, married 23 years. Uh, and I, I haven't aged a bit, honestly. That's just amazing to me. 23 good years. Not always 23 easy years, because she's a Texan, right? <laughs> I'm joking, she would say something about me. But 23 really good years. And you know what they've been? They've been 23 years of trying to figure out how to die to myself and prefer her over myself. It's been 23 years of, of trying, to, trying to ask the question, am I loving her in the way that she deserves? Am I honoring her in the way that honors God? How do I respond to her when I am really angry? And what comes out of my mouth when we argue? And we do argue because she's a Texan. What, what comes out of my mouth? And how, how do I respond? Those are all things that I, I look at and think, well, 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 where's the wisdom? And which Do I go left or I go, do I go right? How, how do I respond? Here's another one. Uh, this plaque was... Uh, given um, eight years ago, it says uh, the Vineyard USA a community of churches honors reveal uh, Vineyard Community Church. It was uh, April twenty ninth, two thousand eight, uh, uh, planted by Martin and Sheila Kaiser, uh, became an established church. Uh, what 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 is man? Talk about one of the more difficult things that I've done is is this, and and trying to ask the question: uh, am, am I? Am I pastoring the people that God sends to reveal in a way that pleases God? And am I offering anything of any value to you on Sunday or am I wasting your time? Which, hey, you know what? After this, I'll look through my notes and think, did I waste your time or did I give you something of value? And I'm, I, I critique myself. And, and asking the question, how do I respond when someone hurts me, when I've sown my life into someone and they're like, hey, thanks for everything, but we're, we're jettisoning the church. How do I respond to that? Am I gonna stand before God one day and Him say, You did really well. what, What does that look like? How do we lead the church into what the future looks like? How do we communicate vision so where everybody grasps hold of it and we're doing this together? And these are all of the things and more inside of this pack that I wrestle with, that I need wisdom on, that I need understanding on, because if I don't, I will go the wrong direction. I don't know what your backpack looks like, but I know that you're carrying one. And I don't know the contents of your backpack, but I know your pack is not empty. And its weight may fluctuate from seasons in life, but I can almost guarantee you it's never completely empty. It might be a health issue that you struggle with, and how do you respond when you're sick? It could be a conflict with family members and how do you win back a family member or how do you respond and win back a child or maybe you're drowning in debt without options and you're wondering, what, what do I do with my finances? What, what is the godly approach in all of this? Maybe you're lonely and you're willing to do just about anything to have someone next to you. Or possibly you have a job that you hate and you feel trapped and you need to know, how do I respond when a boss crawls under my skin? Maybe you're looking at the final chapter of your life and you're asking, what does it look like for me to leave behind a legacy? All of us today have one thing in common. We all stand on the threshold of 2016 and we know that important decisions will need to be made. Some of them you already know they're going to need to be made. And other decisions are going to come out of nowhere and they're going to surprise you and you weren't expecting them. And you're going to need to make a decision left or right that will have life-altering consequences. Decisions that will affect not only you, but your children and your family. And so here's what I know. I don't want to go down those roads without a counselor who's more wise than I am. I don't want to go down those roads and have to guess, left or right, how do I respond when my wife makes me angry? What should should that look like? I, I want someone who's been down that road, someone who has greater wisdom than I do, someone who has greater understanding, someone who sees the entire picture when I only see a snapshot. And if you don't want to go down those roads either, then the good news is, lucky for us, unto us a child has been given, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, there has been some error with this passage, both in format and interpretation. Some have seen it as two separate descriptors of Jesus, that he is wonderful and he is counselor, but it's best that they are seen together. He is wonderful counselor. The second problem is how we have interpreted the words. Now, the counselor part is easy. The Hebrew word is yates, and it simply means to advise, to consult, or to guide. It's pretty simple. But the word for wonderful is the word Pele, which does not, hear me, does not indicate marvelous, excellent, wonderful, or great. So in other words, he's really not saying he's the marvelous counselor. Pele indicates this, something uncommon, astonishing, beyond understanding, or out of the ordinary. It's a miracle. Or a wonder, you can see where they got wonderful from that idea of wonder. It reflects a phenomenon lying outside of the realm of human explanation. Look how this word Pele is used through other parts in Scripture, Exodus 35, It says, Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing Pele wonders. Look at Psalm 77, 14. You are God who works Pele wonders there it is again. You have made known your might among the people. And so when Isaiah was describing Jesus, the Savior, the, the Messiah who was coming, he's writing this 700 years before his birth. He was saying, unto us is given the Pele Yates, the astonishing counselor, the one who counsels beyond your understanding to even understand, the miraculous counselor, the counselor of wonders can you call him that today in your life through your experience can you call him the miraculous counselor the king during isaiah's time was ahaz ahaz had a backpack on uh, much like all of us matter of fact it wasn't just ahaz it was all the people under his leadership under his rule the king and his people they carried around this backpack weighted down with fear and worry because just north of their border, the northern kingdom and Syria, were joining forces, combining military efforts to come through and to wipe out King Ahaz. And so God speaks to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah, and what, we're gonna, what you see is that God actually gave Ahaz counsel. He said, look, I know you're worried, but here's my counsel to you. And what he actually said is in Isaiah 7-4, he said, take heed and be quiet and fear not. Take heed and be quiet and fear not. Whenever I went over my notes this week, I just felt like that that little phrase, that portion of scripture is for someone today. And you got something in your backpack that's overwhelming you and weighing you down and you have more questions than answers and the word that God would say to you is to take heed and to be quiet and to fear not. And I love that be quiet part because today I think God would say something like this. Take heed, be quiet, stop posting all of your complaints all over social media. Be quiet, all right? And fear not. In other words, saying, Ahaz, I know what's weighing on you. I know it looks bleak. I know you're questioning your next move, but I'm giving you counsel. Take heed, be quiet, and fear not. And Ahaz, when the counsel came, when his backpack was so heavy, God says, here's what I want you to do. In other words, he said, they're not going to beat you in this war, so be at peace. Ahaz couldn't do it. The council came, God told him to go right, Ahaz goes left, and, and he formulates his own plan and executes it, and he goes and he hires Assyria, it says, come and defend me, and he pays them. And so they go through and they crush the northern uh, confederate, and then when the Assyrians had beaten them, they just kept rolling south and then wiped out Ahaz. So God says, look, I'm giving you the counsel. there's what you should do, but if you don't listen, it's on you. Isaiah 7 And 8 tells us about the Assyrian crisis. And at the end of chapter 8, there's a picture of gloom and darkness. And then chapter 9 opens. And remember, this is where our famous scripture is, unto us a child is given. Chapter 9 opens with the prophet Isaiah saying that it will not always remain like this. That God's going to come back around and He's going to give you another chance. And that gloom will not last forever. That gloom will give way to a brilliant light. And there's still reason for hope. And God has a plan and He will see it through. That a time will come, Isaiah said. When darkness will be dispelled by light and gloom will be replaced by hope and in your despair unto you a child will be given and his name will be called Pele Yates, your wonderful miraculous counselor. Reveal, I just remind us today, regardless of what's in your backpack, unto you has been given a miraculous counselor who does not expect you to wander through life guessing, but he actually desires to lead us and to guide us, and his name is Pele Yates. He does things that no one else can do. He counsel in a way that is miraculous. His wisdom and his counsel is like nothing else. It's supernatural. So let me close with two things needed in order to receive this type of counseling because not everyone will receive it. How to receive the benefits from his miraculous counsel. The first is resign as the CEO of your life. Just turn in your resignation. Just write it out your letter and saying I'm stepping down. I resign because when you became a follower of Jesus he should be the one leading you. And if you want to benefit from his counsel he needs to be on top. And you cannot be the chief executive officer in charge. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2. He said, look, it's no longer I who live, but Jesus now lives in me. Can you confidently say that today? Resign as the chief executive officer. Decide that you want what God wants for your life more than you think what you want. And when you can step into that, he says, I'll be your counselor. Counselor. But I can't counsel you if you're going to take it and you're going to usurp or you're going to veto my counsel because that means you're in charge and I'm not. Here's the second one. Embrace godly counsel from others. Oftentimes the way that God has spoken to me in difficult situations in his life is from other godly people who I have surrounded myself with who can speak into me. Understand that often others can see things in your life that you cannot. And that's a good thing. When when I'm emotional, I have people around me that can be factual. And when I'm emotional, I have people around me that can be biblical because I get so wrapped up I can't see it. And one of the greatest ways that the council will counsel you and lead you is when you have a strong group of godly people around you who can speak into your life. That means you need to have the ability to submit what you think is best for your life to someone else that you trust. And I know your first response is, I don't think I want to let someone else tell me what what decisions I should make. But possibly the most dangerous thing we can do is to do exactly what we think we should do without anyone pushing back against us. And if we went around this room, most of us would have a story in our rearview mirror that says, yeah, I thought I was doing right. I wish someone would have said, slow down. Not a good idea. Let me give you some godly counsel in this. Embrace the reality that godly counsel often comes from other people in your life. And if you have no one in your life who has ever told you, you need to slow down, man, you need to surround yourself with some new people. If you've never had someone in your life that says, can I push you on this a little bit and show you the other side of this, you may need to surround yourself with other people. And if all you have in your life is people that are going to tell you what's easiest and tell you what you want to hear, you're going to have in your rearview mirror a wake of destruction. And the promise that is given to us is that Jesus wants to be our counselor. And so what's ever in your backpack today, my good news for you today, is that he does not want you to wander through these decisions on how should you handle your finances. He has an opinion on that. How do I pastor the church? He has an opinion on that. How do you treat your spouse? He has a good opinion on that. How do you parent your children? He has an opinion on that. And if we'll heed his advice. Psalms 1 tells us this. That you will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. Which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaves do not wither. But if you don't want to take his counsel. It's a crapshoot. Now I am not saying that you'll never have anything bad come against you because we know that bad things happen to good people. We live in a fallen world and there's still going to be consequences and there's still going to be conflict that goes on. But what I am telling you from experience that there is a counselor that wants to tell you if you will die to yourself, wants to lead you into the best path for your life. And I hope that's good news for you today. Because as we come into the Christmas season, and we enter into a new year full of optimism and hope, there's going to be some really difficult decisions we're going to need to make. And I hope that your Pele Yates, your miraculous advisor, will be heard through all of the clutter.